When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Randall at the other end and Gary Vitti is attending to him. Twice just moments ago, Mona Yunus was defending. Yep. Twisted that ankle. Yep. Well, we at first thought the injury to Julius Randle was just a twisted ankle, but it's obviously much, much more. Gary Vitti is over there. But he's obviously in severe pain, yelling every time they touch him, and oh, they're now man. trying to immobilize the leg before they put him on this stretcher here, but it's difficult, and, and it's really struggling. Rachel, that is an air cast they're putting on now, am I correct? It looks like yep. that's it. They just want to keep it stable. Guys, they tell me here on the Lakers bench that Julius, in fact, has a broken leg. And they're going to, of course, assess him for any more damage. But obviously, very bad news for the Brooklyn. An extremely tough way to have your first game. He's getting rounds of applause here from not only the Lakers and their fans, but the Rockets all lined up to see him come off the court. Julius Randle's rookie season lasted 13 minutes and 34 seconds. Most of it was pretty normal. Randle came out for the Lakers in 2014 like a cannonball, launching himself toward the rim, bouncing around on defense. He looked every part a rookie wound up to play his first NBA game. The time always flies by on that first night. Randle barely retained any of it. What he does remember are the broad strokes and the one break that changed everything. Well, I think I drove right. He did, right past his defender. Randall got the step going toward the basket, but when he moved to jump off his right foot, the liftoff went nowhere. And uh, defense came over and I went up to pass, and when I jumped, I just heard a loud noise, but I didn't know what it was until I came down and realized I couldn't, you know, get up and stand. The best Randall could do was slide himself over to the stanchion. Play continued. Houston grabbed the ball and took off down the court, leaving the Lakers to defend four on five. Randall sat, crumpled, grabbing at his leg like he was holding it together. It turns out he was. When the Lakers were finally able to call a timeout, Gary Vitti, the Lakers trainer at the time, jogged over to Randall only to have the rookie offer his own immediate diagnosis. You know, Gary Vitti coming over to me and asking me what's wrong and me telling him, you know, I think I broke my leg. Even if you've never broken a bone before, the pain is really recognizable. 
There isn't the kind of strange burning of an Achilles injury or the odd sensation of everything in your knee coming loose like with an ACL tear. It's sharp, it's specific, and for Randall on this particular play, it left no doubt whatsoever as to what had happened. No, I, I knew it was broken. I think the first thing went through me, my mind was like the Paul George injury, but luckily mine didn't break skin. But I, I just knew it was a broken leg. I could feel it when I was standing on the, when I was leaning on the little post or whatever, I could feel it moving and, you know, I could just feel that it was broken. That knowing was written all over Randall's face. As he sat there under the basket, his expression rotated between one of agonizing pain and vacancy. Realizing just what had happened meant that Randall already knew there was no way out. There was nothing to test or keep warm or stretch out. Acceptance seems like a strong word to describe what Randall was going through, but watch the tape now and you might see something that looks like resignation. You know, I never really went through my head that I wasn't, how I was going to come back or wasn't going to be able to play. I knew I'd be fine. Um, mentally, that's how, just how I was. Uh, it was more dealing with the shock and the pain of uh, that moment. The entire night had been a blur, but once his leg went, Randall stayed down for what seemed like forever. One possession turned over into the next until a foul finally stopped play. Then came a timeout and a commercial break. Lakers gathered near the basket as Randall's leg was being checked over. Kobe Bryant was there, Jeremy Lin, Ed Davis, Carlos Boozer. There was more and more examination. Vidi later said he could feel the bones crunching inside Randall's leg. He held it in place himself until the medical staff could bring out an air cast to help stabilize the break for safe transport. On the TNT broadcast, Rachel Nichols noted that you could hear Randall cry out in pain whenever his leg was manipulated. Randall's Laker teammates physically lifted him onto the stretcher, and once he was set, the rookie looked weary. He was 19 years old. His NBA debut had doubled as a season finale, the whole thing was just a nightmare, and really, it was only the very beginning. This is a story about everything that came after. I'm Rob Mahoney, and you're listening to Breakaway. One of the few complete thoughts that stuck with Randall while he was sitting up against the basket was a matter of logistics. How fast can I get this surgery? For a player in Randall's position, it's almost never as fast as they'd like. This all took place at a home game, so Randall did have that part working in his favor. He was rolled off the court on the stretcher and whisked away to the Lakers' designated hospital. The doctor put his leg through an x-ray and confirmed what Randall already knew to be true. His right tibia was fractured. The bone hadn't broken skin like you see with some breaks, but the pieces 
weren't aligned either. That meant surgery and... Couldn't do surgery that night. You know, the doctor wasn't there. So they sent him home. All that nervous energy of Randall's rookie debut stewed together with leftover adrenaline from the injury and now this anticipation and dread of the surgery to come. He couldn't just get it over with. He had to wait. I remember it being the longest night ever. I'm just super like annoyed. Like any sound like in a room was just like annoying me. I was very irritated, agitated, uh, and just wanted the surgery to, you know, just get through with the surgery because I don't, I don't like surgery anyway. So just wanted to get through with the surgery and, and, and see where I went from there. Turns out there's no better time to painfully relive a season-ending injury than in the late-night hours that follow it. Every inch Randall moved brought a stinging reminder. There's no comfortable resting position when one of your leg bones is in pieces, so Randall tried to stay as still as possible, even as his mind wandered. There was a lot to consider. Everything he had expected was now on hold. The foundation of his career had changed completely with this injury. And then there was the bump. A few months before the night that would end Randall's season, he noticed a bump on his right shin. He told the training staff he might have hit it against a bedpost or something. He wasn't really sure. But it was kind of uncomfortable if only sometimes. The pain would come and go. There would be some soreness, maybe a little swelling, and then a few days later, everything would be fine. There wasn't any kind of direct relationship between Randall's physical workload and the discomfort of that bump. Because of that, Randall and the Lakers training staff weren't quite sure what to make of it. Clearly something was up. But whatever that something was, it wasn't causing enough pain or creating enough problems to demand surgery. So they took it slow. They monitored, they adjusted. There wasn't a lot to do, given the unpredictable symptoms, but by the time Randall was set to play his first NBA game, he was weeks removed from any pain and ready to start at full speed. Felt, felt fine um, going into the game. You know, I didn't really have any complaints. My body felt fine. It wasn't until Randall got his x-ray that everyone realized his fracture was at the exact spot of the bump. The culprit was what's called a stress reaction. This one didn't behave in all the ways doctors would expect, but it still had weakened the bone and allowed for the eventual break. Some injuries have precursors, some don't. And some, apparently, have more complicated warnings, the kind that can allow a player to feel completely healthy until the moment everything falls apart. Um, after I was able to, I think, connect the dots, I did not really, I don't think I slept the whole night. Yeah. The next morning, Randall finally had his surgery. Uh, they put a rod in my leg two screws I believe in my ankle and two screws in my uh, or a screw in my knee or yeah, I think it's one screw in my knee uh, just to keep the rod in place. When he came out of the haze Randall found that the structure of his working life had been completely stripped down. NBA players have explicit routines. Their day is built around rest and training. 
They nap at particular intervals so they can be at their peak energy level late in the evening. It's not a normal schedule. And all the hours that Randall had planned to log in the gym between practices and shoot-arounds and skill work and individual workouts, it was all suddenly unaccounted for. He couldn't physically move around much, and emotionally, he was still dealing with the frustration of what had happened. Usually when a player goes down with injury, almost all of the discussion approaches that injury from the team's point of view. We look at how the absence might affect a playoff race, how it changes the rotation, what it might mean for the lottery odds. But behind every injury is the personal story of a player forced to live it. The team has to move on, but guys like Randall don't have that luxury. They wake up from their surgery and they stare into an abyss. There's no certainty in a situation like this, aside from the massive scope of rehabilitation. It'll be months before Randall can walk without crutches. It'll take the better part of a year before he's able to get back to actually playing basketball again. That definitely left Randall with some time on his hands, but there's an even bigger void when so much of your life and identity is rooted in the game and everything that surrounds it it can get pretty dark. But first, there was the pain. No, initially it wasn't really much of a struggle as far as I couldn't play basketball. I knew I couldn't play basketball and it was tough. Uh, it was more of dealing with the pain. Um, you know, the pain in my leg was, uh, after surgery, was was, uh, it was crazy. You know, it was very painful. Um, so I was just trying to deal with that initial part of, of getting the swelling and all that stuff out of my leg. My leg looked like a tree trunk, so just trying to get the swelling out of my leg, uh, just being uncomfortable, being on the couch all day, uh, just real irritable at that point. It was both a waiting game and a pain management game. Luckily, the pain starts to calm down after a while. Actually, living with a broken bone gets easier as you go. The body gets used to its new hardware, and the worst of it goes from excruciating at first to just kind of limiting and inconvenient. Once Randall crossed that threshold, he was mostly just left with the waiting. It would be some time before he could do any kind of rehab with his leg, and for a while, it didn't make sense for him to do any physical work at all. So what does a 19-year-old NBA player do when he has nothing but downtime? He fires up Netflix. The animals, the animals, trap, trap, trap till the cage is full. Can't move, so just sitting on my couch watching TV shows, sleeping, eating. Couldn't do nothing. I felt like a bomb. <laughs> and one of the only bright sides of turning into a full-time binge watcher is that... You know, you can discover things. I think Orange is the New Black. Uh, my favorite show of all time um, that I discovered was Entourage. Especially living out in LA. Uh, Movies, all type of different stuff. The streaming video era makes this kind of recovery much more tolerable. But ultimately, nothing changes the timetable. You can watch as many episodes as you want. The process still has to run its course. 
can't speed up time. You know, you can't slow it down, you can't speed it up. That's where things can get trying. Randall seemed to grapple with his injury about as well as a young player could. There were moments of anger, there were days of depression, but he got through them and found relief every time he was able to do a little bit more. A broken bone doesn't have the same black cloud over it that ligament damage does. From the moment it happened, Randall was expected to make a full and healthy recovery. The only real question was how long that would take, and how that process would weigh on a rookie so eager to start his NBA career. There was frustration on and off, but for me it was a steady increase of, you know, just things getting better. You know, my body feeling better, uh, my leg getting better, and, and me working towards something. You know, it was just that tunnel vision of, of me working to get back. Once Randall was finally back on his feet, he pushed every chance he could for incremental progress. He spoke with the media about his status around mid-December. This is a month and a half or so removed from his surgery. Uh, I honestly don't even know if I'm supposed to be off crutches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how long have you been putting pressure on you? Uh, weight on you? It was probably been like a week or two. So, I mean, the doctor said go at your own pace. <laughs> My pace was to get rid of him immediately, so, yeah. Randall looked to be in pretty good spirits. But this one little exchange hinted otherwise. Are you pretty optimistic about how it's going? No. No. Even the better days were just steps on a long, long road back. No one knew that more than Randall. And we'll get into more on how he managed it after the break. Check out Open Floor with Andrew Sharp and Ben Golliver. I feel bad saying fire everyone after I talk about how much I like Vlade Divac. This is the way that I always do it when I assess GMs, right? If I'm going to call for him to be fired, what are the odds he's going to be hired again at some point in the future by another team? Is Vlade ever, ever (laughs) going to be a GM for any team besides the Sacramento Kings ever in the future? Yeah, that's a pretty damning way to look at it. Listen and subscribe to new episodes every Tuesday and Friday of Open Floor. One of the heartening things about the NBA is its players' capacity to maintain complicated relationships. There's everything that happens between the lines, and then there's everything else. It's a healthy distinction to draw. Adults don't need to hate each other over a playoff series. So most in the league don't. Players today are incredibly competitive. They just choose not to let that get in the way of lasting bonds or even a broader kinship. You see that most clearly in moments of injury. Every player can connect with that fear. It's the reason the Rockets all lined up to see Julius Randall off when he was taken to the hospital. They applauded him. It's why you saw LeBron James, Devin Booker, and Jamal Crawford wish Zach Levine a speedy recovery when he tore his ACL. The NBA is a business, but it's also a fraternity of a sort, even for a rookie whose season ended before he had time to pay his dues. 
Randall had help. Kobe Bryant was there on the night of the break, reassuring him that plenty of great players had recovered from this very injury, even in the rookie season. He told him that people have recovered from it, it's happened to people before, but you'll be fine and you'll recover from it, but you know, your recovery starts now. And Kobe was right behind him when Randall was loaded onto the stretcher, consoling him, patting him on the chest. Uh, just Kobe telling me not to feel sorry for myself. Well, that's Kobe for you. But Randall would go to Bryant for advice all throughout his recovery. You know, I was able to talk to him, you know, he's dealing with injuries himself. So uh, I was able to talk to him and see, you know, his perspective on things and how he got through it. Kobe could be a brutal teammate in the wrong circumstances. He wasn't to Randall. That support meant something, especially to a rookie with a rough lot. Suffering a season-ending injury in your first NBA game seems like a pretty fair reason to sulk. Kobe made it a point to help Randall steer around that. To some extent, a veteran teammate helping a rookie along is to be expected. Maybe less so in Kobe's case. But even less expected was a helping hand from the star of another team entirely, one whom Randall had never met, never played with, and connected with largely because he broke the same bone just a few months earlier. Nice contest, but a foul. Paul George is Paul George shaken up. Ran into the stanchion. Paul George uh, suffering what appears to be an injury. I got a feeling, Mark. Uh, unfortunately, this, this, this yeah. might be serious. Yeah, this is unfortunately. We're not going to show it to you again, folks. It was quite frankly uh, very, very. It was almost gruesome. Paul George fractured his tibia during a scrimmage for USA Basketball in August of 2014. He leapt from inbounds and his foot landed awkwardly against the basket support. His leg just buckled. If you'll remember, Randall said that break was one of the first things that went through his mind when he went down. Fortunately for Randall, his own fracture wasn't quite so gruesome. But once they had this thing in common, Randall said George actually reached out to him to connect. The all-NBA, all-star, all-defensive franchise player on another team touched base with this totally unproven rookie. They eventually met up in person when the Lakers played the Pacers, which gave Randall an opportunity to compare notes on his recovery. PG has always been super cool, you know, and... I was able to ask him anything, and at that point I wasn't playing anyway, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> we still have a great relationship to this day because I was able, you know, because we kind of went through the same injury, but, you know, it was it was good because, you know, through the process, if I had, you know, concerns or just something that was going on, I, I could ask him about it because he already was going through it, already went through it. If Randall ran into something in his rehab he was uncertain about, sometimes he would hit up George to see if he had encountered the same thing. Stuff like when I first came back and I was running and it was like a little bit of like pain on like in my uh, leg, uh, just like soreness, you know, and I was trying to get full weight bearing um, when I was running on the treadmill, just trying to work up to that. And I remember that specifically, uh, just stuff like that and him telling me not to worry about it, you just got to push through and, you know, it gets better and stuff like that. Someday, everything will come full circle for Randall. 
Eventually, he'll be the veteran who remembers the lingering soreness and the slow recovery, offering counsel to a young player in over his head. And when that time comes, he'll channel a little Kobe and a little Paul George, and he'll offer this. Just keep it all in perspective, man. You know, it's things happen. Uh, freak injuries happen, but don't let it get you down. Um, you know, you got to go through it. Some of the greatest players of all time, you know, went through, you know, injuries. Jordan, where he couldn't play for a year. And, you know, James Worthy had called me that night. And, and he had went through, think, the same thing or something uh, very similar uh, similar to me. So you just got to keep it in perspective, uh, especially when you're young. You know, you can't can't let it get you down. You know, just focus on getting back right and coming back better than you were before. But back in that moment, everything was new to Randall, not just the injury. It takes rookies time to really understand NBA infrastructure. They need to learn plays and rotations, but beyond that, there's a lot to absorb in the more holistic sense of being a pro. The support structures are different. The resources are more vast than at any level of basketball. Life on the road even has its own learning curve. And the ways that a professional coaching staff teaches often require adjustment. Randall had to pick up everything, despite being separated from the team in every meaningful sense. Injury is isolating. And while the Lakers did their best to keep Randall in the loop, there was only so much that could be done to bridge the divide. Randall couldn't play. He couldn't practice. He didn't travel with the team for most of the season or even sit with them on the bench in a lot of games. And no effort toward inclusion could change that. Randall was bound to be a little bit behind and he'd always be missing something. The competitive nature uh, from you know the practice standpoint, competing against your guys, uh, to going out there and competing with them and you know that brotherhood you have is hard. Um, you can't really technically be out there, but you know you just gotta fight through it and, and be there as much as you can around them um, and go through that. For Randall, that support was really just a learning process. Sometimes you'll see an injured player offering his team feedback during a timeout. A veteran point guard might pull aside his younger counterpart to show them some quirk of the offense. Randall wasn't actually sitting on the bench to do anything like that, and even if he was, he was in no place to provide it. This was a rookie with less than a full game of playing experience. So the best he could do was try to soak up as much basketball as possible, however he could. Mitch Kupchak, who was the Lakers general manager at the time, assigned Randall some regular reports to keep the learning process going. It wasn't anything crazy, but it did focus Randall's attention to detail and was part of a larger introduction to the NBA game. Um, so much different uh, as far as like shots, uh, how, you, how you play the game, the patience, understanding the game, uh, what defenses try to force you into, how you can, you know, combat that or how, you, you know, the counters that you have for everything. It's just learning the game and how the game is played. Even before he could do much physically, Randall was combing game tape for opportunities. Yeah, you can't physically do things, but you just kind of had to evolve. And, you know, I watch more basketball than I ever have. 
uh, studied the game and, and really just tried to learn, took my experience with, you know, the preseason and, you know, that first game and, you know, all the training and stuff and, and, and just visualize myself out there and, and see how I, I can, you know, uh, come back the next year and how I can utilize myself and, you know, what I can get better at or areas. Just put myself in positions on the court where I feel like I would be. The couch became Randall's place of business. Film study was a top priority. Sometimes his coaches would pass things along, but Randall, who was no doubt bored out of his mind, also would just pull up any game or player of interest. Visualizing his role in the action was definitely a part of that, but those months after surgery also made for a crash course in team-wide contexts. Yeah, you just see everything, uh, soak it all in. You know, like I said, what defenses force you into, pick and rolls. Uh, pick and rolls is so big in the NBA game, not only just on the offensive end, but defending it. Going through tape isn't the same as playing through those coverages and internalizing them, but you do what you can when your leg is too swollen to support even walking. There was a lot that Randall could take away from watching the right kinds of play and the right kinds of players. Some of the candidates were obvious. Charles Barkley, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, guys that Randall could attempt to borrow from to build a more complete game. One other player snuck into Randall's film rotation who doesn't have quite the same credentials, but makes all kinds of sense. Antonio McDice. He was a beast. He had it all. Uh, inside out. Um, he was just a beast. Uh, you know, his physicality. Um, you know, I just learned a lot from him. You know, there's a lot of guys that have slept on that uh, were great at certain things or had an all-around game that, you know, maybe just like Antonio had injuries, you know, and uh, that could have been better or whatever it may be. So you just student of the game, just learning. McDice could be a great model for a player like Randall who often tips into the over-aggressive. Randall's always tried to do so much out on the floor that it can sometimes work to his detriment. McDice, on the other hand, harnessed his game by striking a great balance between ferocity and control. Young bigs that move and attack, you want them to play with a little McDice in their game. That's a task that's still laid out for Randall today, to take elements from all these different influences, the stretch fours, the playmakers, the power finishers, and assemble them into something spectacular. And to think, it's an effort that really began in earnest on Randall's couch. Randall's first move off the couch was into a chair. Upper body work made for a soft graduation. Once his pain became tolerable, Randall could crutch his way into the Lakers practice facility and grab a seat to do some form shooting with an assistant coach. The lower half of that form would have to wait. The rest was fair game, both as a means to technically improve and for Randall to literally get his basketball muscles firing again. Otherwise, there just wasn't a lot of rehab work to be done until the bone itself had completely healed. Uh, as far as the leg, I couldn't really, you know, do anything. So until that happened, Randall controlled what he could. He did the upper body work. He changed his diet, you know, leafy greens, grass-fed meats, more calcium. And then there was the swelling. 
Depending on the exact break, one of the fun little quirks of this kind of surgery is, well... Uh, I had to cut my patella tendon open, so... Yeah. So that's where a lot of the swelling comes from. Because once I stopped feeling the pain in my leg, that was the bigger thing. It was painful because you can't really, you know, bend your knee. So you just feel jammed up. If you, you do bend your knee, it's like a... feels like a... like your knee is about to burst, you know, it's... It's, uh, it's painful, but uh, I was able to work through that pretty quickly. But relative to a ruptured tendon, for example, this kind of process is much less involved. The structural element takes care of itself when the bone finally heals. You just don't have to build up the connective tissue in the same way, which makes the entire rehab process a lot more straightforward. You know, I wasn't able to use that leg a lot, so uh, you could tell the difference like in my quads. Uh, my left quad was a lot bigger than my right quad because, uh, like I said, I couldn't use the leg uh, at all at one point, and then I couldn't use it a lot. So uh, I had to get, you know, the strength back in that quad, you know, my calf, all that type of stuff. I just had to get strength back in that leg. All of the exercises were very carefully calibrated, scaled to help him build back strength like an astronaut returning to Earth's gravity. In some cases, taking that concept literally. When I first came back and I started running, I wasn't initially doing... 100% weight-bearing stuff, you know, they have those uh, zero-gravity treadmills and stuff like that. So I was on that, uh, and, you know, you know, progressively getting more weight-bearing, you know, 60, 70, 80%. You know, a week goes by, and then two weeks go by, and you see the progress of you getting better, and you feel like you're working towards something. So as long as I wasn't being, you know, dormant or just sitting there, you know, and I saw progress, then I was fine. That outlook worked to a point. But the great irritation for Randall was almost being back. He broke his leg in late October. It wasn't until mid-December that he was even walking without crutches, and until early March before he was cleared for actual weight-bearing exercise. That's almost five months right there. It was another two and a half before he was even doing full-contact drills. The time away from the court was hard. But the weight, once he actually got back on it, that was torture. I think the more, maybe I guess frustrating or the time I was the least patient was when um, I had uh, like the end, when you just, you know, want the, you know, the chains off of you and you just want to go. He couldn't. This calling Randall had worked toward his whole life was just hanging in the air. He had made it to the NBA, but his first year of work, this arduous process of checkpoints and clearances, it could only take him all the way back to the beginning. The first real achievement of Randall's career was getting to start over. So one can imagine that the weeks before that final reset would drag on and on and on. There's a bounce to the way that Randall plays, and for months it had been bottled up and shaken, just adding to the restlessness of a player who wasn't even able to finish his first NBA game. Even Randall's semi-official return in 2015 was doled out just a few minutes at a time. I remember, um, you know, summer league, uh, I was only allowed to play like five-minute stretches, five first quarter, five second quarter, five uh, minutes uh, third, so 20 a game or something like that. And it was just frustrating because I wanted to, you know, play the whole game or go all out. And, you know, I couldn't and I understood, but still at the same time, I was frustrated. <laughs> 
frustrating, sure. But Randall also got just what he wanted out of his summer league experience. Yeah, I was healthy. Uh, and that's really all that mattered to me. I felt like I was 100% back and I was fine, so that's all that mattered. Everything else came secondary. A functional rookie still had to figure out the NBA game and his place in it. I mean, there were questions about his jump shot, discussions about his role, and there was the usual mountain of information that every young player has to digest. But for the first time in far too long, Randall's world could revolve around basketball. You know, as soon as the doctor said, I'm 100% fine, you don't have to worry about this leg anymore. That's all I need to hear. You know, I was, that was the end of it for me. You know, I just went back to being me. Thanks for listening. Breakaway will continue in two weeks with another exploration of the NBA world. Subscribing through iTunes or your favorite podcast app is the easiest way to keep up, but every episode will also be available on si.com. In the meantime, please help us spread the word to anyone you think might enjoy this podcast, and consider leaving us a review on iTunes. Every single one really helps. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to breakawaypod at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter, at Rob Mahoney. Breakaway is produced by Alex Abnos and Rob Mahoney, with special thanks to Ben Eagle and Matt Dollinger. Until next time.